0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Kyle Fredrickson by phone, here bringing you a fresh edition of the show. And of course, we're going to be talking the only live sporting event that has happened lately, the NFL Draft going down last weekend, and the Broncos picking up 10 new players, also agreeing to terms with seven other undrafted guys. But Kyle Fredrickson, Kyle Squared, whatever you want to call yourself, Uh, Let's break down these Broncos picks pick by pick, uh, all 10 of them, and starting with that number one first round pick at number 15 overall, Jerry Judy. So, Kyle, you said you had some hot takes ready for me for today's show. Uh, Let's lay it on me right now with Jerry Judy. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I imagine you probably don't hate it, but what are your thoughts on that Judy pick at 15 overall?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, on the outset, you love the pick at 15 for Judy to be there based on where a lot of these mocks had him as maybe the best receiver in this draft. Um, You know, he gets a teammate picked ahead of him, uh, you know, to kind of get that. Billing taken away from him, but the Broncos to get Jerry Judy at 15 uh, is a huge get. Just the fact that you can pair him with Cortland Sutton, uh, a guy like Judy who's so versatile can play the slot as uh, a downfield burner, really complements Sutton well. Uh, just with both of their frames, you love that pick. Now as we go on, my, my hot takes they'll, they'll start to come and they'll be uh, you know regarding this position. Um, but I think if you're John Elway and you see Judy slide to 15, uh, you got to be real excited, right, Kyle? I mean, is that sort of how you looked at it? As, as you were
0: cover in the draft. Yeah, I mean, perfect compliment to Cortland Sutton. Uh, Obviously you mentioned Henry Ruggs going a couple picks before Judy. It'll be interesting to see those two former Alabama teammates dueled out in the AFC West for years to come. And then also, you know, speaking of wideouts, a surprise to that CD lamb from Oklahoma fell down to the Cowboys at 17. So some surprises there in the first round with some of those top tier wideouts falling down the board a little more than some critics thought they would. And then let's go to the second round surprise for those Broncos. And here's maybe where K Fred will have some hot takes. We'll see KJ Hamler wide out from Penn state and speedy guy now uh he redshirted as a freshman to rehab his knee and this is the first time in broncos history they've taken wideouts with their first two picks so pretty young pretty young guy 20 years old and another weapon to add to drew Locke's offense what do you think about that pick as opposed to you know shoring up offensive tackle which they they did not address in the draft or or going on defense for that pick
1: Yeah, it's a fascinating look, I think, just into this draft strategy and what's been written since the draft by several people, including on our staff a clear sign that the Broncos are trying to join this arms race of of getting guys with speed who can stretch the field at several positions uh, and give Drew Locke kind of endless weapons and and really utilize all of his strengths. And that's great if you think that K.J. Hamler is a guy who's going to start week one and and can also play the slot and, and like I said, really take the top off of the defense. But you look at the Broncos roster as it's constructed, you look at what they've done recently in the draft, I'm confused why maybe Tim Patrick isn't Considered a legit number three wide receiver in this league. Granted, I didn't cover the second half of this last season, and and I wasn't maybe as tuned in as you are, Newman. And I'd be curious to see what you think about that, but. You got other needs on this roster and you keep drafting receivers, you know, one, two, and then we'll get to the the seventh round receiver as well. It just seems like you're really prioritizing a position where, you know, in my mind, Tim Patrick is that perfect number three receiver, the big body possession guy. He's great on special teams. Um, He's been injured at times. Quarterback play suffering on this team, I think, has hampered a lot of these receivers' progressions and a lot of their stats. Um, but in my mind, you know, you, you dropped the, the hint earlier, but, you know, you use this second-round pick on an offensive tackle instead of a receiver. All of a sudden, it goes from a B draft to an A draft in terms of, you know, what we know as the media and everything like that. Just because you're giving yourself more options to tackle because if you really believe that Garrett Bowles is your guy – That's fine, but you know, don't be surprised when the booze, you know, even rain down harder when it's uh, you know number seventy-two holding uh, at mile high. Uh, A common refrain that uh, a lot of people around here are pretty sick of hearing. uh, And the fact that the Broncos didn't address it, especially with that second round pick in a a very offensive tackle heavy draft, uh, is the biggest head shaker for me. And 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 granted, I know I'm I'm not alone in that opinion. You know, Newman reading a lot of your stuff uh, and Ryan O'Halloran as well. It seems like I'm not the only one who thinks that
0: way. Yeah, and Garrett Bowles definitely a big winner from this draft uh, coming away with that and, and obviously There's going to be a competition at left tackles, John Elway has said, but Garrett Bowles obviously with another chance here to prove himself in year four after three inconsistent seasons before, although he did play all 16 games in all three of those seasons. Uh, One point to your wideout point, and then we'll move on to the third round picks, Kyle. I think it says a lot about John Elway, Vic Fangio, etc.'s lack of confidence in Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton specifically right. that they drafted you know two wide outs with their first two picks and then just the amount of wideouts they got in the draft and with the undrafted guys agreeing to terms with them overall they're clearly looking to reinvigorate that room uh, alongside obviously number one pass catcher Cortland Sutton again folks first in Orange Podcast Kyle Newman alongside Kyle Fredrickson appreciate you listening in just running down the Broncos picks here we'll move on to the third round where they had three different picks, so starting off with the number seventy-seven pick, somewhat of a surprise, Michael Ojemudia, cornerback uh, from Iowa, and obviously the Broncos needed a cornerback after losing Chris Harris. And um, even though they got A.J. Bouye via trade, Bryce Callahan hopefully coming back to play in the slot, they need another outside guy. Ojemudia figures to immediately go into that mix out there alongside Devontae Harris and others. And then with their 83rd overall pick, second pick in the third round, Lloyd Cushenberry, center for the national champion LSU Tigers. And to round out the third round at number 95 overall, McTelvin Agam defensive tackle from arkansas so uh three picks there and broncos done a lot of damage in the second and third rounds in the past couple drafts how do you rank those three picks in particular okay fred
1: yeah, you know, in my mind, the Cushionberry pick might be the most impressive of any of the Broncos' picks this year. You know, I, I definitely talked very highly of the Judy pick, and I think him sliding 15 um, was a surprise, probably, to a lot of the Broncos' scouting department. But getting Cushenberry in the third round, you know, the the MVP, team MVP of an LSU squad that won the national championship, a couple years starter, uh, a guy who's really just been lauded for his smarts and his quick first step, you know, you pair him with a guy like Drew Locke, I I think as an organization, you like that. You know, you get a couple young guys together, build that chemistry, guys who can relate to each other. Um, and hopefully for the Broncos, you know, fill a position in need, um, you know, as a third-round pick, as a guy who could be a starter. At least I would imagine they're expecting him at this point.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: but you know, to 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 kind of go on the flip side of that, Newman. You know, what do you make of this third round pick with uh, Michael Ojemudia of, of, of Iowa? It seemed like it was kind of universally panned by a lot of folks, just being the maybe people thought he was a third day pick. But what about this guy did Fangio like, and, and what, what impression did you get of the reason why they went uh, went there with number seventy
0: seven? Well, Fangio likes his quarterbacks physical, so I, I've got to imagine that came into play. Um, but although, like you said, Kyle, widely widely panned by a lot. Of the critics and uh, Ojemudia, really down on the quarterback draft boards. Uh, comparative to, to when the Broncos took him. There are a lot of other high, more highly rated cornerbacks still on the board, but hey, John Elway likes what he likes, so it'll be interesting to see if Michael can immediately plug and play outside on that number two outside cornerback spot. Uh, I do agree with you, bear I think maybe the steal of the entire Broncos draft, especially getting him at number 83 overall. A lot of Broncos pundits were thinking at number 77 he was going to go, but uh, Elway being patient, getting the cornerback he wanted, we'll see if that plays plays out and then waiting to get Cushenberry Uh, and then McTelvin uh, defensive tackle from Arkansas. He had a team best 8.5 tackles for loss in 2019. So he'll be uh, some some more depth on the back end of the Denver defensive line there uh, at round three, number 95 overall. So I think, you know, overall in the third round, I'd give Elway pretty high marks. I'd give him, you know, a B B plus, depending on how this cornerback this shakes out. But you know, you can't criticize too much, I think, with, with some of the with some of the picks he got. And you're looking at two plug-and-play players immediately in Jerry Judy and Lloyd Cushenberry. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast breaking down the Broncos 2020 NFL draft. Moving on to round four at number 118 overall. And I won't even try and say his last name, Albert O, tied in from Missouri. Tied in from Missouri. And as as you Broncos fans probably know if you watch the draft college teammate of quarterback drew Locke uh declared for the draft after his fourth year junior season and ran the 40 and 4.49 fastest among all tight ends at the nfl combine so they get a guy with with size with speed and of course experience with their own signal caller here in denver
1: for sure. And are you surprised they go tight end uh, this high, being they've got Noah Fant and You know, there are some question marks about the rest of that group. Do you think that ultimately forced their hand there?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I I think they wanted that compliment to Noah Fan. Obviously, they signed Nick Vanette to a free agent contract in the offseason, too. But you're going to see a lot of shakeup in that tight end room, I think. You already saw some with Bug Howard getting waived earlier this week. But, you know, Jeff Hyreman is is definitely on notice, I think, with the Broncos with this selection here in the fourth round. Uh, moving on to number five, number 178, and that is Justin Sternad, linebacker from Wake Forest. Uh, redshirt senior, 6'3", 238, adding more depth there at linebacker. Um, I think pretty good pick there, especially considering in the fifth round that they got him. He had uh 69 tackles, five pass breakups in seven games before his season was limited due to a biceps injury. And that'll be bring me to the, uh, to the next pick mutie, the, the Fresno state guard in, in round six, two guys who have injury histories and mutie, He's only played five games in the last three years for Fresno State due to injuries. So a roll of the dice, but Mutie thinks he's the steal of the draft, at least in terms of guards, in round six. What do you think, Kyle?
1: Yeah, it's curious, you know, you're balancing a lot of risk and reward with these picks and when you get into the later rounds I suppose that when you're a GM you feel a lot more comfortable um, with taking some of those chances, but for me it's curious because, you know, I look back at these last couple Broncos draft classes um, a big hallmark of them has been guys who are team captains, guys who played several years, guys who have a lot of snaps, you know, even like Royce Freeman, you know, a big concern about him coming out of Oregon, he maybe he had too many snaps, um, Right at the back half of this draft you know Justin Sternad and and, and Mooty you know these are guys who have all the tools uh, and, and kind of the physical attributes of, of guys who maybe should have been picked higher but clearly it was injuries that knocked it down the board so you know for ter- in terms of position of need, you know, you look at linebacker and guard, and, and the Broncos aren't necessarily desperate for help with those slots. Um, uh, you know, with injuries and, and other things that happen, you never quite know, so you got to load up when you can. Um, but I think, you know, on paper right now, these seem to be good, uh, good gets for the Broncos, um, just so long as, you know, they're confident that these guys are, are going to rebound because, um, you know, you don't feel as bad if you're in round five or six. Uh, you draft some guy who never plays because of injuries, um, but it certainly doesn't help in in building teams for for long-term success.
0: And moving on here to the final two picks of the Broncos draft in round seven at number 252 overall. Again, going to the wideout pool and adding depth there, Tyree Cleveland out of Florida, played four years for the Gators, seven, nine catches for over 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns in 46 games and 26 starts. It'll really be interesting to see if he can make some noise on that wide-out depth chart come camp, whenever that is. And then with the almost Mr. Irrelevant pick, the penultimate pick in the 2020 draft, Derek Tuska, Defensive end out of North Dakota State, a three year starter there, and he capped his career by being named first team All American and the Missouri Valley Football Conference Defensive Player of the Year. I think, honestly, this guy, and Elway said, is going to probably be an edge rusher, outside linebacker type guy in the Broncos system. He could be one of the steals of the draft. You know, obviously not playing major Division I football, flew under the radar of a lot of scouts, and who knows, at number 254 overall, Broncos might have a future playmaker there Kyle
1: yeah, I think as a fan, you love this pick just simply because of the upside and, and the backstory. I mean, a small school All-American. It just sort of has all the makings of a you know underdog story of a guy who you know proved it against lesser competition. And who knows? Maybe he's he's got what it takes to, to be a rotational edge rusher and to you know give uh, some of these Broncos guys a, a few snaps off and and keeping them healthy. That's pretty key, you know. And and just to touch on you know Tyree Cleveland, the receiver you mentioned. Uh, I harped on receivers earlier. I won't quite hop off of that. That horse. I do think the Broncos were too receiver-heavy in this class. But if you're going to take a a flyer and a seventh-round guy, you know, Cleveland didn't put up huge numbers as a receiver at at Florida. He did play four years, but kind of average throughout the course of that. Um, But if he's a burner, if he's a punt returner, if he has sort of that 4-4 speed, um, and if you can get him this late in the draft, um, it's worth getting him in camp and and seeing if he can't kind of shake up that return man uh, competition, like I mentioned, um, and also play a role on special teams as a gunner. So uh, if you're the Broncos for the seventh-round, it's total guess at this point, even if these guys make the roster. Um, but for what the Broncos are taking their chances on, I, I don't have too much of an
0: issue with it. One more note on Tuska. He was one of the big reasons— for the Bison's recent success at the FCS level and he uh, basically a linchpin of the defense that led the team to its third straight title and again as I mentioned All-American and the Missouri Valley Com- Football Conference Defensive Player of the Year 48 tackles led the team with 19 tackles for loss and 13 and a half sacks so lots of upside there Kyle and I agree on that you can head to DenverPost.com slash Broncos for full 2020 NFL draft coverage including our staff's complete grades of the draft and of each day of the draft and of course going forward here as the nfl season hopefully can start on time in september but we'll see on that and of course we'll keep you updated online and in the paper as well kyle thanks for uh being the guest co-host here and I, i know you got a date with your kayak out at the reservoir so you should you should probably get to that no doubt
1: but yeah it was fun hopping back on the podcast as you mentioned of sports uh sort of nice for us to be able to break down something uh even if it is uh, kind of you know draft related and, and a lot of projections and a lot of, not, not a ton happening now but uh something for broncos fans to look forward to
0: again folks kyle newman and kyle frederickson first in orange podcast denverpost.com slash broncos for more coverage appreciate you listening in and until next time folks take it easy